I've shared this every week up to this point in the series, and I want you to hear it very clearly. God does not have a problem with philosophy. It's simply a study of how we know things. God does not have a problem with philosophy. God does not have a problem with tradition. God does not have a problem with principles. He just has a problem with your philosophy, tradition, and principles. He just doesn't like your stuff. What he wants you to do is come on board through faith and trust him. But I think a natural question arises when we, when we look at this idea of temptation or, or straying from the faith. And that is, why is temptation a thing for Christians? Why, why is it that we face this? Don't we instinctively know that God's ways are best? Don't we instinctively know that God's ways are best? Well, the answer actually is surprising to you. The answer is, as Christians, yes. We do instinctively know that God's ways are best. Uh, the scripture tells us that we're a redeemed people. The scripture says that we're saints in light. How many of you like that picture of us? Uh, the scripture tells us that we are redeemed. It says that we are holy ones. That is keeping company with the great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. So in that sense, we definitely understand this. And as saints, the scripture tells us that we have the mind of Christ. How many of you have read that in your Bibles? You have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. But this does not mean that we don't have a real enemy and that we don't face real temptation. We do. So why are these a temptation? Why are these an issue? Because we have a real enemy, church. We do have the mind of Christ, but the same scripture that tells us we have the mind of Christ also tells us that we are not to be conformed to this world. Do you know what your proclivity is? You know what you're drawn towards? Being conformed to this world. And so the statement to you is don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But instead what? Be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. This thing needs changed, okay? We have the mind of Christ, but at the same time, we need it renewed. And it is being renewed if we will surrender to Jesus. It is being renewed day after day after day. That's found in Romans 12 too. One of the enemy's strategies is to set up lofty ideals, and his attempt is to get us to conform to the patterns of this world. What is, what is that code word for? Man-made philosophies, man-made traditions, and man-made principles. It's the same message throughout the Bible, church. I've shared many times in the past that the devil will not fool us with a $3 bill, right? Why will the devil not fool us with a $3 bill? Because you all know $3 bills don't exist. The devil is going to fool you with something that he can counterfeit. And trust me when I say his ability to counterfeit is unrivaled. His ability to counterfeit is unbelievable. So my point here with these lofty ideas is that Paul tells the Colossians in chapter 2, verse 23, he says that these, uh, these foolish ideas, these man-made philosophies, they have an appearance of wisdom. Church, please, please understand this. Just because you think it's wise doesn't mean it's God. Just because you think it's wise, just because your grandma told you it was wise, just because a thousand people have told you it was wise, or it is wise, doesn't mean it is. What is our standard? What do we gauge wisdom by? The Word of God. The Word of God. And the reason why we would be willing to humble ourselves and go to the Word of God is because we actually fear God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of wisdom. 
This is how this works. We fear God, and so we don't trust ourselves on a daily basis. We actually surrender and begin to trust our Heavenly Father. The devil's strategy, do you remember it in the garden with Adam and Eve? His strategy was to ask Eve a really important question. He said, did God really say? Did God really say? What is this implying? He's trying to see if she, if she will interpret it differently or if Adam will interpret it differently. This is a great problem in the church today. Okay? The great problem in the church today is everybody's, everybody thinks themselves to be the pope. Okay? All of us Protestants rail against the Catholics and rail against the Pope, but in the Protestant circles, we go, I only need the Holy Spirit in my Bible. Thanks, Pope. Thanks, Pope. I'm glad you think that. But that's not true. We actually need the Word of God, and we need it rightly divided, and that comes through the very thing that the same Word of God told us we needed, which is pastors and teachers and people to help us understand these ideas. So please, church, we've got to understand it. But the devil, the devil loves to do this. Did God really say? And what follows is always subtle, covert, deception, and lies. And again, he's unrivaled at his ability to lie. He's the father of lies, according to the scripture. He's mastered this art of twisting God's word in such a way to make it sound convincing to all of us. We're like, oh, that seems pretty reasonable. And yet, we're believing a lie if we're not careful. His agenda, by the way, is clear according to the scripture also. Paul just told us in verse 23. His agenda is to get you to stop trusting God and start trusting man-made philosophies, man-made ideas, man-made principles and traditions. Do you know that the devil really doesn't care if you worship him? He just doesn't want you to worship Jesus? Do you know that? And he's real, real good at it. Here's why he doesn't care if you worship him. He's already lost. He already lost. What, do we wor- what does he think? Does he think he's not going to escape burning fire? No. <laughs> Sorry, bud. That's the way this works. But he doesn't want you to trust God. He doesn't want you to hold fast to the very gospel message that we have uh, stated that we believe But let's be clear as to how we respond. With the knowledge of God's word alone. Not our opinions, not our feelings, not any of those things. In order to do this, listen to me clearly, church. In order to respond with God's word, what do we have to do first? We have to know it. That comes through reading, but we have to know God's word. Second thing that I believe is vitally important is that we have to understand God's word. Okay? We have to understand God's word. And guess what is most important of all? You can know it, you can understand it, but you have to believe it at some point. You see, here's what we know about Adam and Eve. They knew God's command, didn't they? It's clear as day, God said it to them. God said, don't eat from the fruit of this tree. They knew the command. Whether or not they understood it is something that I really want to ask when I get to heaven. (laughs) Were they stupid? I don't know what's happening. This is really hard, okay? But here's one thing we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. They didn't believe it. They knew God's word. They may, may or may not have understood it, but they sure didn't believe it. You know how I know? They trusted the devil. You know how I know whether or not you believe God's word? By the life you live. You know how you know whether or not I believe the word of God? By the life I live. By the person that I follow. By the one that I am keeping close step with all the days of my life. 
That's how you know. You will know them by their fruit. That's what the scripture says.